Okay, we're on. Let's see. Your live video starts. I know. Hey. All right. Give me a second here. Let me get all your stuff. Enter uh, Facebook. Copy. Okay. Coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Coffee. And we are uh, episode number 17 tonight, and I have a very special guest. Uh, he is a Army veteran that I met in one of the groups uh, that we were doing some marketing and just has an incredible, it wasn't long after, well, it was actually some time after we met, but he did a, um, a podcast with another uh, veteran, and he's, I realized he's got this incredible story. And so, um, uh, just absolutely incredible. Well, so before we get that started, though, there are some housekeeping things that I'm going to do. First off, I'm going to put the uh, the uh, special code in the uh, in the comments here. I'm having to do this on the other computer because for some reason it's not going through uh, over here on on our. Um, on well now i'm seeing them i don't know anyway i'm not going to take a risk i'm going to put these codes in real quick the code for tonight uh is going to be uh epi 17 and uh, that'll be good for 15 percent off of any of our products uh with the exception of subscriptions you can still use d1 uh let me see here so i'm going to put epi 17 that's good uh for 15% and then if you use the code D1 uh when you do a subscription a coffee subscription uh that will give you the the subscription itself gives you 10% off automatically and then if you use D1 that gives you an additional 10% so you can get 20% off your coffee subscription to your monthly coffee subscriptions Hey, brother, Mark, thanks for tagging people on this. Um, and I've already put uh, I've already put Paul's uh, links in the comments so you can go back and check those out so you can see what we what uh, the different places that you can get a hold of uh, Paul. But I'm going to run his website here across the bottom. And I've got one more thing that I need to to talk about before before I bring Paul on. And I'm going to put the link uh, right now to a crowdfunding we are we get our coffee we source the majority of our coffee from um a single farm in honduras we know the owner he lives in mountain ridge kansas his name is ashley williams their company is called legacy farms coffee and their farm is in Bueno, la paz honduras and um they're doing incredible work down there trying to lift the local community up uh, we started a crowdfunding for them because they're trying to build a church 
a library and a clinic, um, three things that the local community does not have. And they're also trying to fund the pastor's salary for a couple of years. Uh, again, something that, that they don't currently have. And so the fund the first, uh, dot com is a, is a campaign only for veterans, uh, first responders, uh, and active. I don't even think you can do it if you're active, dude. I think you have to be a veteran or first responder. And anyway, they, they only work with us. And so I did the campaign in my name, but it's for LF missions Inc. And I explain all that, uh, when you go to the crowdfunding site and I hope that, yep. Okay. Uh, there's a picture of the kids uh, that they've given Bibles to. And so um, anyway, I will uh, keep pushing that for the next couple of months. Our goal is about 87,000. We got 40 bucks right now. So uh, any little bit helps $5, $10, uh, whatever. This is a unique uh platform because whatever money we make goes to Ashley anyway, goes to the, to the nonprofit. So even if we don't hit our goal, they still pay out whatever we make. Uh, but I'd love to hit that goal and, and maybe even surpass it. And so anyway, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest, Paul Atkins, Akins, Akins. We talked about this. What's up, Jose? <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Uh, and so Paul is in New York, and apparently the weather is beautiful there. Spring has arrived. Yeah. We've, we've had enough of winter. Yeah, well, I'm glad y'all took that winter back because we, we didn't appreciate <laughs> it down here in Texas. People uh, in Texas lost their minds when it started snowing, man. My sister lives down there. So it's um, she sent me pictures of the backyard with snow in it. <laughs> we don't know nothing about that stuff, Paul. <laughs> nothing. We don't know how to drive in it, you know. We don't know how to mess with any of it. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely. And, I, you know, my wife said it perfectly uh, that we were we were where we're at. We were uncomfortable. We weren't. It wasn't unbearable for us. And um, and so I, I can appreciate the fact, you know, that uh, that there's a lot of people who it was they got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Those, those that were without power and, and had to oh, deal yeah. with, you know, and people up here were. Yeah, kind of given a hard time, like, come on, it's just a little bit of snow. But when, when you don't have the infrastructure for it, it causes problems. Yeah. You know, our houses aren't built like the houses up North. I know for a fact that the building code is different. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I had all my stuff pretty well insulated and I still lost pipes underneath the house. Um, and we did everything that, you know, we had, we, you know, everything is sealed up and we left water running everywhere and uh, it still didn't, it didn't matter. Well, we'll try to keep winter up here from now on. Yeah, 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 y'all can have that. Uh, so, I guess I've just said a little bit about about your military, but let's let's start out with. Uh, well, first, I'm going to thank God for all the amazing things that He's just been doing uh, in our business and in our life. I just had a really incredible week with my brothers who I hadn't seen in almost 30 years in Florida, uh, John Grantham and Scott Riley. That was just amazing week. Um, and I also made some, I did an interview on Wednesday and then we did our live and I made some other contacts for the business. And so, uh, it just continues to thrive. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm doing my part, but there's some of it that's just beyond me, you know, hey, I love, I love what you're doing with your business. I love your coffee and you know, the mission of legacy farms, you know, you, you know, Tracy and I volunteering is near and dear to our heart. We've been to Guatemala a couple of times on some, you know, volunteer trips and we were scheduled to go to Honduras last summer uh, and do some work there. But of course, then COVID, um, you know, but as soon as we can travel again, we are headed to Honduras uh, to do some work in a remote village that uh, has some infrastructure issues that we're going to help out with. So definitely going to support, you know, Legacy Farms and their, and their efforts because that's something that's near and dear to us as well. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny because Ashley started out just telling me. Uh, I want you to come up here in May. I want you and Connie to come up in May. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I've just left my job, Ashley. I don't know. And he just kept saying it. And he just kept saying it. And so much now that Connie, like when she talks to people, she's like, yeah, I think we're going to go to Honduras in May. And so if, if God, if God makes a way, then then we're going to do it. Um, All right, man. You know, and if not, then then we're, we're going to plan a trip eventually. Cause I just got to go see, I mean, that's where the majority of our coffee comes from. And, uh, I did a video because I needed to ask Ashley about some things and he's so approachable and, and he's always willing to help. 
and I got to see the ladies that were working, you know, doing the hand selecting and all that. And it's just amazing. But, um, all right, man. So let's talk about Paul. And uh, I'm really excited to have you. You know, you and I got to know each other, oh, man, back in May, maybe, of last year. Yeah, it's been it, – it all kind of seems like a blur since the lockdown. But uh, yeah. I've, I've met so many people through networking and, and, you know, Facebook groups and all kinds of other things that I've actually probably made more contacts in the past year than I had in years prior. So, you know, in, in every cloud, there's a silver lining, you know, being stuck at home behind the computer. I've met a lot more people and you're one of those that I'm lucky enough to, to have met just about a year ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling is definitely mutual, brother. I, I, I can't tell you how many new people that I've met um, uh, because of the, I mean, it pretty much made my business, but uh, so are you originally, tell me about where you're from originally and where you grew up and what it was about your childhood that that made you say, hmm, I'm going to go join the military. So uh, I currently live in the exact same neighborhood I grew up in. I am about a half a mile from my parents in what most people who live in or around New York City would call upstate New York. But those of us who live here don't call it upstate because we can drive another four hours and still be in New York. So we're, we're about an hour north of New York City. Uh, best part of the state to grow up in, if you ask me, because the Appalachian Trail is literally five miles from the house and I can be in Grand Central Station in just over an hour. So the, the kids grew up just as comfortable in the middle of the woods as they did in the middle of the city. Um, so it, it's a great place to grow up. And I really enjoyed growing up here. And from, you know, all outside uh, viewpoints, I had a great life as a kid, you know, um, was able to go out and uh, my brother and I would pack our, our our lunch boxes and take our fishing poles and our bikes and leave all day and not come back till it was dark. And as long as we were home by dark, nobody worried, you know. So I, I grew up in, in a really um, great neighborhood, uh, suburban New York, kind of rural New York. And from the outside, like I said, everything looked great. Uh, but at 18, I decided to basically run away and, and join the army. Um, could have gone to just about any college I wanted to but started crashing and burning my junior, senior year, because what nobody knew was um, I had been a victim of sexual abuse from about the age of 12, 13. I don't even remember exactly when it started um, up until the time I left home at 18. Um, I was being abused by our family Catholic priest and it really put me in a tailspin. And I started drinking and doing drugs and skipping school Still managed to graduate high school, just barely. Um, but I knew that I needed to do something different. Um, and I still hadn't made a connection that the abuse had anything to do with my self-destructive choices. Uh, that realization didn't come until much later. So, you know, I, I left home to join the Army thinking that it was going to give me the discipline and um, the structure I needed to straighten my life out. And it, it did for a little while until I learned that you could find drugs and alcohol if you were in the army, just as easy as you could find them if you weren't. So, you know, spent six years in the army. I um, mean, I did learn a lot. It's, I really, really um, am grateful for the time I spent there. Met a lot of great people that I'm, I'm still in touch with. Um, you know, went to Desert Storm with 3rd Armored Division. I was an electronics repairman. Nobody shot at me during the entire combat, so I consider that a success. I never had to pull my trigger, so that was a success. Um, but when I got out of the military, my my bad choices continued, you know. So it, it was uh, two divorces, two bankruptcies, two foreclosures, um, an arrest for DWI. Uh, and when I think back at some of the stuff that I did and some of the choices I made, I'm really shocked that I lived through it. Yeah, you know, so that's that's kind of the beginning of my story, and that's that doesn't sound like a great beginning. <laughs> yeah, I I I not even gonna pretend to even uh, tell you that I could even contemplate that because I can't even even in my mind if I had to run through that because I, I was I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy from the time I was little, uh, probably until I eighth or ninth grade, somewhere around there. And so uh, when I hear those stories, man, it's it's just it's horrifying. Uh, it's one of the reasons why my dad uh, never supported the Catholic Church 
at some point because they were moving priests around, you know, and and uh, and you know he just didn't he never supported them financially after that, and so uh, I um it gave me a great foundation, you know, for where we're at today. But um, you know, it, I just can't even I can't even imagine. So let's back up just a little bit. Um, sure. Let's talk about the army. Uh, how long did you, you were in for six years? Yep. Just short of six years. Um, I signed the, the delayed entry program contract in, uh, December of 1985. I graduated from high school in 85. I attempted college just wasn't for me because I was living at home. I was such a screw up in high school that my parents said, you're going to the local community college to prove you can do it before you're you know going to spend any real money. Um, and I walked off campus, joined the army in, in uh, uh, it was, I think, October, September, October of 85, uh, entered basic training at Fort Dix, January 1986, and got out in 1991, right after Desert Storm. That's uh, that's crazy. I went in in 89, um, and I got out in 95, and, uh, and yeah, so I can relate to that time frame, you know, uh, my ship always, always breaking down, so we never got to go anywhere, but. You know, there, there's a, there's, it's probably for the better. It really is. Um, but, you know, you were fortunate to get through that unscathed. And, um, and so as you got out of the service, what, um, did you have something in mind? Like while you were in, you learned electronics. Did you have something in mind? Like when you got out, like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. My plan, when I joined the army, my plan was to use the GI bill to fund my college education because I knew I couldn't live at home anymore. Things weren't going well there. I knew I couldn't afford college on my own. Um, and, you know, working for minimum wage somewhere just wasn't going to cut it for me. So I, I joined with the intention of getting a foundation in electronics and the GI Bill. And my plan was to go to school for mechanical engineering when I got out. And um, so Fayetteville, North Carolina, home, home of Fort Bragg, was where I was when I got out and um, enrolled in Fayetteville State University using the GI Bill. Um, and that's an interesting fact that some people know about me. I was a minority in college because Fayetteville State University is a historically black university. Um, and the minority students there were the, the non-African-American students. Um, so, you know, that was a, a two-year college that I took a two-year degree program in and did really well. Um, I was still making stupid decisions in my life, but I, I got, you know, really good grade point average in their two-year pre-engineering program, got accepted into NC State um, on a full scholarship to study mechanical engineering. So now at this time when you're in school, because you said earlier that you were doing drugs before you went to the military, uh, you didn't have any trouble finding them while you were there. Uh, and so now you're in this community college and are, are you still, are we still doing drugs and alcohol? Yeah, we're still, we're still making really bad choices. And it was, you know, here where things kind of almost got to, well, not almost got to rock bottom. It was um, where I started drinking even more heavily, um, got a pretty bad cocaine habit going and life kind of spiraled out of control. Um, went through my, my first divorce and uh, bankruptcy and foreclosure, dropped out of school, um, got married again on a rebound. It was, you know, just a really stupid decision. And um, this was around, um, you know, by, by now it's, I don't know, 2001, um, just before 9-11. And I'm on my second divorce, separation at the time. And, um, got to the point where I'm laying on my uh, apartment floor in North Carolina, uh, begging God to take my life because I just didn't have anything left in me anymore. And I, I was raised Catholic, you know, so suicide was a mortal sin. There was no way I was going to do that because I was terrified of going to hell. But I, I was sobbing, begging God, saying, I'm done. I don't have anything left. Take me. Yeah. And uh, woke up the next morning, still alive. So, you know, obviously, because I'm here. So figured there must be some other plan. And that's kind of the pivot point where I started making some changes in my life. I, I can't even imagine that. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've had my own struggles, but uh, they weren't induced by trauma. And I, now let me ask you this. So 
you're laying on the floor asking God to take your life. Do you understand at that point that everything that happened to you growing up is actually causing decisions in your life? Zero comprehension. It's, you know, you know, at this point I'm 30, it was my 34th birthday actually that. So it was August 12th, 1991, my 34th birthday. And I still hadn't come to the realization, you know, that was just something that happened. I left, you know, that just something that happened. I left home. I'm fine now. You know, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I don't have to deal with that anymore. And it wasn't until I made the decision to start making some changes in my life to, to give up the drugs. Uh, it took me a lot longer to give up alcohol, but I, I gave up the drugs and started making some positive choices in my life. And that's when I met Tracy, um, who you've met. Um, Tracy's my wife now. I've um, uh, known her for 19 years. This May will be since we've known each other. And we've been married um, 14 years this summer. So she was a big force in helping me realize she was the first person I told about the abuse. Um, and she really encouraged me to get some counseling. And, and it wasn't until I got into counseling that I made the realization that the counselor helped me realize that, you know, all the stupid shit that I did was directly related to the abuse I suffered. I was in this cycle of self-sabotage because what had happened in my mind was I identified that I was really successful as a student. I was a volunteer. I was an altar boy. I was, you know, in civic organizations. I was a boy scout. Um, and from the outside looking in, it was a really nice looking picture of this kid who had a, a bright future. You know, I was the top of my class and somehow in my subconscious, I made the connection that that's what made me a target for abuse. So being successful was a problem. So every time I got close to success somewhere else in my life, I blew it up. You know, subconsciously, I, I would drink too much and, and, you know, cause an argument or get arrested or, or, you know, who knows? And like I said, some of that stuff, I'm really surprised I lived through. But once I got the counseling I needed and was able to really identify that that was the issue um, and make those changes, you know, now life's completely different, man. Um, and I'm able to start talking about this. You know, you, you heard one of the Richard's podcast was the first time I ever told the story publicly. Um, and starting to tell the story publicly helps so much with the healing process. And a big part of the reason I do it is I know there's other people who still haven't come to grips with this. I know there's people who've been through with through this and haven't got the help they needed. So, you know, my message is talk to somebody, talk to a friend, talk to, you know, your, your better half, uh, find a counselor because it makes a difference. It really makes a difference. So, so you're laying on the floor here in North Carolina. You wake up. Uh, God did not grant you your request. Yep. And uh, how do you get from that floor in that apartment or wherever you were living uh, to Tracy? Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's a very complicated and, and convoluted story. Um, at the time I was laying on the floor, I was separated from my second wife at the time. Um, and, you know. I was convinced that I had done something wrong and I could put the marriage back together. Wasn't the case. Um, it just, we just didn't need to be married. Um, so I decided that, uh, I was going to change my life and I decided I was moving back to New York. So I was going to come back to New York and make a new start and put my life back together. So while I was in New York, that's when I met Tracy who lived in the lives in the neighborhood I grew up in and was friends with my sister. So I met Tracy through my sister, Jennifer, and, you know, she um, became a friend. And in the time that um, I got to know her and she became a friend, my wife down in North Carolina gave me uh, some news that she was dying of stage four ovarian cancer. And she had a young daughter who I had been the only father figure in her life. So what did I do? I up and moved back to North Carolina because I was going to help her through the process of dying and help her daughter. So I moved back down to North Carolina for a year and it took a year for me to realize that I was just being had. She was not sick. 
it was a completely made up story. And she was taking me for every penny she could. And she's still alive to this day somewhere in the world. Um, but during that year that I was down in North Carolina, uh, I had already made the choice that my life was going to change. I, I was out of all of the bad decisions I had already made. You know, drugs were not going to be a part of my life. And there were people trying to drag me back in. Tracy was my lifeline. She was my best friend. I was on the phone with her hours every day, hours, literally, and would, would talk every day. And when I decided that I was done and moving back to New York, I was now broke again, bankrupt again, house was foreclosed on, and I didn't have any place to go. Tracy said, come stay with me till you figure it out. So I came and, and I stayed with her while I tried to figure it out what I was going to do. Her girls were three and seven at the time. Well, they're now my stepdaughters and they're 22 and 26. And I was supposed to stay for 90 days while I put enough money aside for first and last month's rent and all of that. Didn't have the money quite done in 90 days. So we decided we'd make it six months. And after six months, I was ready to move out. We sat down with the girls and said, you know, hey, Paul's going to look for his own place now. And, um, you know, in, in the meantime, Tracy and I had, you know, become not only uh, best friends, but soulmates. And I knew this was going to be the love of my life. And I, I knew I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to leave her. Um, but we had made a decision that, you know, she was going to raise her kids as a single mom and I was going to be there to help support her. And we were going to explore our relationship and see where it went. And when we told the kids that I was moving out, uh, Tracy's older daughter, Taylor said, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? She was like, well, you're going to be here all the time anyway. Why are you going to waste money on rent somewhere else if you're just going to be here all the time? So we talked about it some more and we really had a, a, a you know, sit down discussion with the kids and they both were okay. You know, I had become a part of their life as well. So I never left. And uh, five years after that, I showed them the engagement ring and asked their permission to marry their mom. And uh, that's, that's the rest of the story. That's funny because, uh, you know, kids can be, uh, brutally honest uh but sometimes that brutal honesty you know just kind of opens our eyes like oh wow you i know? used to give taylor's you know she's out, out on her own now with her boyfriend but i used to give her a hard time when she'd get annoyed at me and i'd tell her listen you're the reason i'm here i was gonna move out and you said that was stupid <laughs> that's awesome uh i'm gonna take a quick minute to um talk about two things real quick the pray hat uh, I've got a Navy hat that looks just like this, uh, and it's from Southpaw Laser Concepts from J.D. Tierney. Um, he does a, a lot uh, in the veteran space uh, for hats, for companies. Uh, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, can you hear that donkey screaming? I don't. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we have a donkey, and he, he just he has no filter, and sometimes he just, I don't know, he's crazy. Anyway. And then my red shirt, you know, I always wear, you know, I try to wear red on Fridays. Uh, and it, it just occurred to me that people don't know what red stands for. Red is an acronym. It's just not a red shirt. And people say, yeah, you wear red for, you know, for the guys that are deployed. Well, red actually stands for remember everyone deployed. And, and I so, completely forgot it was Friday or I would have put mine on with, with COVID and everything. I forget what the days of the week are sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's so bizarre. Uh, it's such a weird uh uh, you know, place that we're at in time where, but you know, it, there's a lot of positive too. man. It gave people time to re recenter and refocus, uh, as far as my company, it pretty much made my business for me. Uh, everybody being at home and, um, you know, they weren't going to Starbucks and I can't believe I said that name on, yeah. um, star chunks and whatever. Anyway, they were buying coffee online. And so I was able to tap into, to a, uh, you know, market that was there that I didn't even realize was as big as it was. But um, yeah. So red Friday folks, if you're, if you're wondering what red stands for, red stands for remember everyone deployed. And uh, so that's why we wear red. Remember all those that are, that don't, you know, they have to live under a way different set of rules than, than we are here. And they make sacrifices that, you know, Paul and I both wore the uniform, and so we understand what those sacrifices are. But um, anyway, that's the thing for Red. And J.D., you got your daily plug. So uh, back to Paul. So uh, you pop this ring out. 
the girls are all over it. They're like, yeah, and y'all get married. And so at this point, you've done a lot of things. You got rid of the drugs. You've made a pivot. You found the love of your life. Uh, and everything's perfect, right? <laughs> Not perfect, but pretty damn good. I'll tell you that much. Um, and, you know, I, I got a career going um, at this point. And, you know, I still have a full-time job. But what I realized was because of all the stupid decisions I made during the process before I got the help I needed, you know, and found somebody who really helped me um, get on the right path, I had nothing saved for retirement. And, and I was 40 years old. And I don't want to work till I'm 70. You know, I'd, I'd like to retire a little bit sooner than that. So along the way, uh, Tracy and I discovered, you know, entrepreneurship and self-development. And she introduced me, you know, to some people who I kind of thought were, were cracks early on, you know, um, like Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil and Tony Robbins. And you know what? Some of what they say is really got some good stuff to it. So I started diving in and doing a lot of reading. Um, you know, and on my, just my day job, even I was reading, um, you know, think and grow rich, uh, Jim Collins from good to great, all kinds of, of anything I could get my hands on. And Trace and I decided we were going to start our own business together. And we've been doing that for, um, a little over three years now. And it, I love it. We, we work together. We run the business together. I still have a full-time job, but she runs the business full-time and I do it every minute I can with her. And um, it's a business that we love what we do and we love working with each other. And it's going to help me retire a little bit more on target, both time-wise and financially. Yeah, I, I kind of ran into the same thing myself. Um I ended up using what retirement I had. I, I wish I would have had somebody early on, you know, kind of to guide me and to tell me, Hey, uh, because when I got divorced, uh, from my ex-wife, I cashed everything I had out. It wasn't enough to retire on that time at that time, but had I left it alone, mm -hmm. it would be enough to retire on now. And, uh, but I didn't know. And, and I, you know, in my mind, I was starting to listen to Dave Ramsey and all that stuff at that time. And I was like, I got to get rid of everything. And so I cashed out everything that I had and I paid everything off and I walked away almost debt free. And uh, there was still a couple of things that would come back and bite me later. Uh, but we got those squared away and, and uh, everything was taken care of. But yeah, I didn't have anybody, you know, Hey, listen, man, don't touch that. Cause it's going to come into play later. And so, um, I had a really good retirement, but you know, John uh, Harmick, Harmick, Harmick from our group, uh, I, I talked to him about some of my financial situations and he was like, man, you have enough money in there to do this business right now. Even if you keep putting what you're putting in there, it's not going to be enough to retire on, uh -huh. but you can get your business going right now. And that will be your retirement, you know? And so that uh, same kind of thing, you know, it's like we yep. made a decision, we prayed about it. Connie and I talked about it. Um, and you know, if it wasn't for her, man, I, I'd, I'd probably be still dragging my knuckles on the ground, you know, howling at the moon. The love of a good woman has saved many of us. <laughs> yes, that, is, that is absolutely perfect. I'm going to put this comment that your wife threw up there because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Did you pop up? Did you see it? I see it. Okay. I don't know why, but it looks like my Facebook's freezing over here on, on my other computers. I hope it's not like that for everybody, but it looks like it's going okay. Um, but yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I'm familiar with your business. Oh, I forgot to do that. I got to put the banner up. Here. I'm going to throw your banner up here right now. And, uh, we'll talk about that for a little bit. Um, uh, I am. And for those of you watching, I am a, not just a friend of Paul's, but I am also a customer of his. And uh, I handed over everything that, that we thought that he could do something with. And it took him a little while. Most of my companies told him no. Uh, but then they just, they have this thing that, that works, you know, works that works the problem. And uh, AT&T finally succumbed and, and they, uh, they gave us, a, I think I, we have a savings of $240. And so, uh, you know, uh, when you're, when you walk off your regular job of steady paychecks, every dollar counts. You betcha. And so 
uh, but let's talk about your business. So you and your wife started this business. Um, you're still working, which is kind of what I was doing until three weeks ago. Uh, and and talk to me about Ohana Services. So first of all, the, the name came from um, the Hawaiian word for family, Ohana. And Tracy's got a tattoo that says Ohana. And it's got a Disney Mickey head on it. It's got both her kids' names tattooed on her wrist. She had that long before we had the business. And um, so when we decided that we were going to start a business and needed to come up with a name, she says, why don't we just call it Ohana? It means family. And our business is about helping families. Um, so what we do is we negotiate for our customers on their behalf. Now, Tracy and I don't do the negotiations. We have, you know, another group of people that actually do the negotiations for us. But what we do is we work with our customers and we get their bills on just about anything that they pay a monthly bill on where they've got a choice of provider. So that's from cell phone, internet, um, for businesses, it can be office equipment leases, IP phone services, um, trash removal, bottled water delivery, you know, all kinds of stuff, newspaper subscriptions. And our team of negotiators goes to work and calls those people up. And basically the way I like to say it is we employ a team of professional bullies um, because they know the ins and outs. Uh, some of these negotiators have worked for some of these companies before, so they know the phone tree system. They know how to get to the right people. So one, you don't have to spend hours on the phone doing it yourself. Two, they also have access to metadata. They've got thousands of customers' information as far as what they're paying for what services. So they know what you should be paying. In a lot of cases, what companies charge people is whatever they can get away with. You know, we call it the loyalty penalty. You sign up for that introductory rate, you get a great you know, triple play bundle or whatever it is, and your rate's great for the first year, 24 months, whatever they gave you, and now it starts creeping up and extra charges show up. And the next thing you know, you're paying 500 bucks a month for something and you have no idea why. You know? And another customer that, that really is a niche customer for us is small businesses. Small to mid-sized businesses normally have somebody who's great at paying their bills. They have a great AP person who can reconcile the invoice with the purchase order, make sure that everything's straight, You know that it's what they expected to be charged but they don't have anybody who specializes in negotiating and they don't have anybody who is really trained to know what they should be paying. And some of what our customers are being overcharged is outrageous. Um, we've got a couple of restaurants in our area that we saved them um, thousands of dollars a year on their uh, trash pickup on their dumpsters. Um, another company that we, we saved almost $40,000 over a couple of years on a combination of their cell phone and GPS services for their fleet of vehicles. Um, and then our, our biggest success is a, a large uh, construction company up here in the, the Northeast with 16 different offices. Uh, they had a, an IP phone system with hundreds of phone extensions and they were paying in the neighborhood, I think they were paying more than $30,000 a month for this particular bill. Uh, and we saved them over half a million dollars after fees, half a million dollars went back to their bottom line. So that's that's one we're really proud of. But for the average homeowner, you know, we have an 80% success rate on when we negotiate a bill, 80% of the time we usually get a savings. Um, and most household customers put in three to five bills. So we usually save everybody something. Um, and like you said, a couple hundred bucks makes a difference. So whether it's a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars or, or half a million, you know, we're, we're happy to help uh, because people are just overpaying and they really don't even know how much. That's uh, that's, in, you know, that's I'm, I'm a believer. I'll tell you, I didn't I've never heard of a company that did that till I met you. And uh, I was skeptical, but I trusted you because I've got to know you. And so you sold me on it without without any, you know, eyebrows lifted. And it took a little while, but knocked it out. I mean, that you know, I've already got my first one, and I'm sure that that some of the others will fall too. So, uh, and the the great thing about it is that even on the ones where we don't have success right away, they'll keep trying. Um, you know, wow. they'll go they'll go back to them every 30, 60, 90 days, and and eventually, you know, sometimes there's just not room for savings. And in that case, 
you get an email that says, hey, you got the best possible rate. Now you got peace of mind that you're not being overcharged and we don't charge you a dime for that service. Right. Um, so I want to back up for just a minute because I, I don't know. I didn't put together and you probably said it, but I just didn't nail it down. But um, Tracy obviously was a big part of you walking away from the life that you, that you were living uh, and getting you into a um, uh, getting some counseling. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now is that something I mean. At what point did, did you say, wow, if I would have just done this earlier, I could have avoided all these, you know, things. You know, I, I had that thought for maybe half a second. And then I got to a point of real gratitude in my life, um, which is such a great feeling because, um, you know, Jose, I am I'm so happy with where I am in my life right now. Um, it's never, ever perfect, but I have a great marriage. I, I've got, you know, great stepkids that I've got an awesome relationship with. Um, we've got a business that we really enjoy and believe in. And, you know, life's pretty damn good. So all of the crap I went through to get me here, I have to accept that as part of the plan, I guess. Um, I wouldn't be where I am without having gone through everything I did because it was all part of what made me who I am, taught me lessons I needed to learn. Um, so I truly am grateful for all of it, um, even the parts that hurt, even the parts that damn near killed me. At this point in my life, I'm grateful that I'm alive and I'm grateful I went through everything I did along the way. Um, but that moment of realization, like, really? You know, all of that stupid stuff I did was because of this? It was that, you know, in counseling one day where I went, you know, I never really put this together that, you know, I just thought I enjoyed drinking a lot. You know, I, I just I just thought that this was what you were supposed to do when you were in the army. We're professional drinkers, you know, um, you know, not not everybody acts this way. Uh, so when I had that realization, it, it like I said, for for a little bit, it was, wow, I wish I would have got help sooner. Um, but I thank God for Tracy. I thank God that she encouraged me to get the help I needed um, and for a counselor that really helped me see things um, in a different light. So, you know, today I'm just full of gratitude. That's incredible because, um, you know, like you were saying there, one of the issues that a lot of us have because the military, you know, the military almost, I'm not going to say it because it's probably, it's not accurate, but uh it almost teaches you how to be a professional drinker if you're not already one. We were young, <laughs> um, not necessarily the brightest or best equipped to make life decisions, um, disposable income. Yeah. And when I was living in Germany at 21 years old, you know, 22 years old, Ooh. you know, what else are you going to do with your free time? Um, but yeah, I, I really, really overdid it. And, um, you know, it actually took me much longer to put down the alcohol than it did to put down the drugs because I guess the drugs, because they were illegal, it was an easier decision to say, Hey, this is not going to be part of my life anymore. And, you know, alcohol's a lot more socially acceptable. Um, but during COVID, um, I started to realize that, you know, I was drinking more than I wanted to. Um, so I made the decision just over six months ago to, to become sober from alcohol as well. And I haven't had a drink since August 30th. And that's, that's going to be a lifestyle for me. You know, I'm, I'm happily sober and yeah, I miss it sometimes, but you know what, the, the choice to not have it in my life, um, what I get out of it is a hell of a lot better than anything I ever got from it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I know for a fact that I, I, I don't know if it led into, but when I got divorced the first time, I was probably boozing it up. I was probably drinking a half gallon every three days, something like that. I mean, I was just, uh, I was just dropping it, you know, as far as that goes, I wish, I don't know, wish my, my thing locked up again. And I'm trying to, somebody's making comments and I can't see who they are. Hmm. And, uh, that drives me, uh, uh, Oh, and somebody, I'm going to put this up here so you can see y'all's about y'all service, Put this up. There you go. Um, Hey, Debbie. Yeah, she's one of our customers. Great. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm a you know I'm a believer myself. I mean, I really appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you know that we're saving money. I mean, that's what it's all about. And so, um, I'm gonna just do one thing here, Paul, because I really like to see. There we go. Well, no. I don't know. Hope you're doing great, Debbie. Good to hear from you. <laughs> the um. And then my dog was making all kinds of wreck. I don't know what his deal was. We have seven dogs. And so uh, it's always fun doing the podcast because um, you just never know what's going to happen outside. And all it takes is, uh, <laughs> is uh, you know, a squirrel to run past the front window. Mm -hmm. and all seven dogs are, uh, they're losing their mind. And so. We've only got two. We've got Lola and, and Willie Bear, but um <laughs> And this time of year, we keep the back screen door open and plenty of squirrels run by. So they're apt to lose their minds as well. And so PK is uh, PK is the one who's who's uh, who's talking here about how I'm going to put his up there because he was in Germany also talking about the drinking. Uh, this is PK Stacy. He's my trainer. I'm working with him. Um, you know, I think part of part of our life too. I mean, you obviously had some tragedy uh, and I, and I put it in the title because I think it's really important that people understand you can go from tragedy to triumph, uh, you know, and everybody's got uh, a different aspect to it. Me personally, uh, it was the day that I surrendered my life to Christ. That was my triumph. And, um, and so, uh, but you had a lot of things going, a lot of things you could have, you could have thrown your hands up in the air, laid down on your back and said, well, poor me. And people would have fled to you and said, oh, poor ball. Let me help you. You know, you could have taken that victim mentality and and live the rest of your life. Not not knowing, you know, all the like you say, all this gratitude that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's not all just the the because uh, I know that my wife has had uh, sexual trauma and stuff like that. And, you know, she's had other things too. And it's, at, you know, for her at some point, you know, you have to tell yourself, listen, I'm going to deal with this. And sometimes, yep. you know, in your case, it sounded like it was Tracy that was really uh, helping you realize that, that man, this ain't normal. And it's yeah, I think she, she was the first one I ever told the story. You know, we became really close, really fast. And when, when I was going through the crap that I was dealing with because of, you know, um, the ex who was lying and, and running me through the ringer. And, you know, I was telling Sto Tracy the story of, of what happened when I was a kid. And she said, you know, have you ever thought about getting some counseling for that? And I was like, why? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> you know? Not, yeah. not even thinking that, you know, all of that self-destructive behavior might have something to do with that. She said, you, you don't think that maybe some of the decisions you made in your life might have had something to do with that? And yeah. I said, you know what? I don't know, but I'll give it a try. If you think it's worth it, I'll, I'll give it a try. And, um, you know, wow. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going through some trauma can cause you to make some bad decisions, whether you yeah. want to call it, you know, PTSD or, you know, I was diagnosed with anxiety and, and depression along the way as well, because it was just something that I buried. I didn't deal with, and it ended up causing me all kinds of problems. So, you know, my advice to anybody who has something like that they haven't dealt with, whether it's sexual trauma, whether it's, you know, any other kind of, of trauma, PTSD from being in the service. You know, if you're feeling depression, anxiety, if you're not feeling okay, you know what? It's okay to say so. It's okay to not be okay and reach out to a brother, a sister, you know, a friend and say, I need some help. You know, look, find my contact information. Look for me on Facebook. Tell me you need some help and I'll, I'll help you get in the right direction. One of the things that you and I talked about preparing for this uh, and Carrie just chimed in. And the reason, up, I'm, Carrie? <laughs> the reason I'm throwing this up there is because Carrie uh, had military sexual trauma also that she didn't deal with for many years. Uh, and what I've learned from my conversations with Carrie and my conversation with you the other day, uh, and, and I know we've kind of touched on it, but we haven't really said it. It's perfectly okay to be broken. It is perfectly okay to have had trauma in your life. There is nothing wrong with 
you know, coming from something uh, that that does that, that 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 hurts you that way. That is it's OK. It's not your fault. And, you know, you can reach out and get help. And if you don't want to talk to a professional, like you said, talk, reach out to one of your brothers or your sisters. Uh, I, I'm, I tell people all the time, you know, my phone number is posted everywhere. And uh, I didn't go into combat. I never saw any of that. But if you just need somebody to talk to, everybody slam their door on you. And you just need somebody to, to listen to you uh, rant or, or whatever. Uh, you know, you can reach out and call me. And, and I, I leave that door open for that particular purpose because I think so many times, especially those of us who are in the service, we try to put this, you know, tough girl, tough guy, uh, you know, persona that I don't need anything. I'm fine. You know, yeah, I, get, I got this, you know, yeah. we're, we're trained, we're trained to just pick it up and drive on, you know, and exactly. Yeah, it's it's okay to admit that you're not perfect. Like you said, it's okay to, to be broken. And it's it's not only okay, it's you know, it's healing and wonderful to be able to reach out for help and connect with other people and realize you're not alone. Yeah, and, and it's never too late, ever. Uh so I'm putting up Carrie's comment here she was in denial for 30 years uh how long was it from the time that you left that abuse until uh tracy said hey why don't you go talk to somebody and you actually made an appointment and went and sat down with somebody so it was, it was about 16 years um you know the abuse started when i was 12 13 it didn't end till i left at 18 um and it was, well, no, until I actually talked to somebody, it was, it was 34. I was 34 when I got to the point where I begged God to take my life, but I didn't get counseling until, um, probably 2003, 2004. So, you know, from, it was 20 years, it was about 20 years. Wow. And so that, that there's, there's a perfect example. And if you're watching, and and you maybe you can relate to Paul's story, or maybe you relate to Carrie. Uh, Carrie was a, a combat medic uh, who was taken advantage of uh, by a senior uh, NCO. Uh, and then I had Donna Michaels on not that long ago. Uh, she was in the Navy. She was uh, in some place close to Portugal. Same kind of thing. She was, it, you know, she was an E2. She was taken advantage of by an E6. Uh, and so, uh, it's never, never too late, um, to reach out and say, Hey, listen, I I'm, I'm busted. Can I please get, you know, could somebody just listen to me or. Yeah. And I, I know from, you know, my, and Carrie said she was in denial for 30 years. And for me, it's, it wasn't an active denial. It was, it was even, I didn't even make the connection in my head that what I had been through could possibly have anything to do with the self-destructive choices I was making, you know? And I've said it a couple of times, but it was just like, well, that's just something that happened. I'm okay now, you know, and yeah. never even made the connection. So it wasn't an act of denial saying, you know, oh yeah, that can't have anything to do with anything. It, it never even crossed my mind until Tracy said, Hey, you think maybe, you think maybe you should get some counseling about this. This could be something that caused some issues for you. So yeah, it's never too late. And if it's something you've been through, reach out, you know, and like you said, whether it's a professional, whether it's one of your brothers and sisters, a friend, let somebody know, Hey, you know, maybe this has got something to do with, with some problems in my life and counseling yeah. really can make a big difference. You know, when you're, when you're, I didn't have any, I don't have an excuse for my, for my drug and alcohol use. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was just an idiot. And I, uh, I mean, I was trying to be like, uh, uh, Tony, whatever that dude's name in the Godfather, you know, trying to bury my face. <laughs> Tony Montana. Tony Montana. I was trying to be a Tony Montana. Uh, but I don't have any excuse. I mean, I was just an idiot, uh, you know, and, and, uh, life does, you know, I, I was a real a-hole and, and I don't have any problems saying that now. Sometimes when I look back and I think about what a jerk I was. 
it it hurts, you know, because I care now. I didn't care before, and I do now. I'm a different person uh, today than I've ever been. Uh, and and you know, again, my wife is a big part of that because um, I know you've heard our story before. You know, her and I were married for uh, we've been married now for 17 years. We were married for 13 years before we fell in love with each other. And so we spent the first two years like a normal marriage in that marital bliss, you know, that that fog of what you think is love. And then and then we got into real life uh, and then we treated each other pretty crappy for a long time. Uh, and and so but, you know, ultimately. Um, and there's there's nothing like having that person in your life uh, that can get you recentered you know, and, uh, and it's just, it's, you know, obviously you guys are on the same page. Otherwise it wouldn't have worked the way it did. And Connie and I are the same way, you know, uh, we both centered our life around Christ and we were able to like, boom, you know, and after I quit dragging my feet and acting like an idiot for most of my life, uh, you know, it was just like, bam, overnight, <laughs> And I realized it because I, I could tell by the way my wife looked at me for the first time in the 13 years that we'd been married. Uh, you, know, it, you know, it was just amazing. Yeah, but, that's that's such a gift, man. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, man, you really are blessed, brother. You're, you're blessed with your marriage. Uh, you're blessed to walk away from uh, that situation that you walked away from. Like you said, you know, you don't know how you got out of some of those situations alive. And um, and I do. I know exactly how you got out of those situations, you know, and, and you, we don't have to believe the same thing, but um, you know, I, I personally know exactly, uh, you know, and, and I, your story is so compelling because people need to understand, you know, Carrie's story, DA's story, uh, many other stories that are out there that you can walk away from trauma and be triumphant. You know, you can walk away. Uh, you do have to take action on your part. Mm -hmm. uh, you definitely um, can't just sit around wishing that you would get better. <laughs> That's not going to work. No, that, <laughs> that doesn't do a lot. I'll, I'll tell you what, the greatest gift that I was given was somebody who believed in me more than I believed in myself. And, you know, I will say to, to anybody else, there are people who believe in you. There, there are people that love you and, you know, um, latch onto that and, and go with it. You know, because having somebody believe in me more than I believed in myself um, allowed me to see things in myself that I wasn't able to see before. Um, so, you know, I'll be forever grateful for that. Amen to that, brother. I'll tell you what, that is absolutely uh, on point. So we're uh, we're rounding up here on an hour, and uh, I did put all your. Uh, if you go to the beginning of this podcast, I put all your stuff. I put your um, your site for Facebook. I put your site for um, what you might call it, Instagram, and I've got your website here. And uh, and uh, Justin just joined both of us. Justin's been on here. Carrie's been on here. Mark Dudick, all these people that are in the group. Great to see you guys. Yeah, I'm very grateful for everybody who hits this show weekly. Uh, we're gaining ground on this show. Uh, and and it's, you know, it's building the business. And, and the uh, it's just been incredible uh, to see how things are, you know, have evolved. And, and I, you know, you know where I stand perfectly with everything. And I was praying for divine appointments when I met the guy who owns the coffee farm in Honduras. And I was praying, you know, I, you've heard me say this before, but in Texas, when it rains, we pray for rain while it's raining. <laughs> we don't know when it's going to rain again. It might be like two years down the road. <laughs> and so when it starts to rain, you know, we're praying for rain. And, uh, and I was the same way with my divine appointments. Uh, I was kind of new uh, to read my Bible and just having a walk with Christ instead of a religion or a building. I didn't know how that was going to work. And so I prayed for divine appointments. I got this guy in my life. And while I'm having conversations with him, I'm praying for divine appointments. 
And uh, and then Justin pops up and, you know, he turns out that he's a believer and and he did the, the program that we're all members of. We're all like pioneers of that group, uh, founding members or whatever. Uh, and it was, you know, part of it, too, man, is we're all brothers and sisters. We all wore the uniform, yeah. you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, whatever. And so I know that always is awesome, but um, it, it's great to see that we've all, we continue to progress and pull each other up. And, you know, you've always plugged my business and I'm, I'm so uh, excited about being a customer of yours, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm watching it work and it's working and, and uh, you have a great, you know, uh, package as far as, you know, how you get paid and all that. It, it all made sense to me and it's great. And so I encourage you uh, to to hit Paul's website to get on their Facebook, their social media, their Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, and I, you know, it you might get instantaneous savings. The first call that their that their uh, negotiators make, you might hit it out of the park. Uh, it may take a little bit, but it's going to happen, you know. And uh, I love the aggressiveness. You know, obviously they got to be pretty aggressive to to crack the nut that is AT and T, but. <laughs> uh, I was shocked. I was expecting, you know, the internet or the electricity to, to to bow down first. But when I when I got that email and I saw it was AT and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome! And so uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, and I'm gonna throw Justin's message up here, uh, man. We're we didn't no, know you're a rock star. <laughs> you're the rock star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so um, yeah. so I'm, I, really I'm really glad we were able to help you, Jose. We get copies of all those emails when our customers get savings. So we, ha wow. we have a little party every time we see one. We're like, yes, got another one, you know, <laughs> um, and love your business, love your coffee. Um, so, you know, everybody listening, get you some third day coffee and help support Legacy Farms Mission because they're, they're doing great work down there in Honduras. And yeah. uh, like I said earlier, we're going to be down there in person at some point. So. Yeah. You know, I appreciate everything you do, brother. I'm I'm glad to have you as as a friend and a brother. Love your podcast, love what you do, and thanks so much for having me on. Man, I, I tell you what, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know that it's uh, it's a Friday night and it's time with Mama, and and I appreciate you taking the the time to come sit and talk to us. I, I really feel like like your story. You know, I personally believe that that anything that happens to us in our life that we can get past, somebody needs to hear it. Somebody is going through exactly what you went through. And so I really appreciate you. It's very vulnerable for you to put your story out there uh, personally, you know, on a personal level, but uh, I am so grateful that you chose uh, to chose our, our platform to do that. And folks, if you're out there, reach out to Paul, if you don't want to talk to somebody, you know, Paul, we'll talk to you, send him a message. You know, he'll put you in the right direction, uh, especially if you've got something very similar, you know. I mean, I, he'd be happy to tell you. Yeah, anytime. Reach out. Yeah. And so uh, I, I just I can't say that enough. You know, if you're a veteran and you're having trouble with whatever, uh, my phone numbers are plastered everywhere. Uh, there's nobody that I've ever met in any of these groups that would that would not answer a phone from somebody who's in crisis, that would not answer a message for somebody saying, hey, man, I need to talk to somebody. There's not anybody that I've ever met in these groups that would that would ignore that or shut that down. So uh, if you're watching and, and, you know, you need to talk to somebody, reach out. Uh, I always quote Joshua one and nine. Joshua one and nine says. Um, it says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever that goes. And what that means is that no matter what's going on. No matter what your family has done, your friends, your ex-wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, there is always an inexhaustible resource, and so uh, that, that you can reach out to. And mi us military guys and gals, we're, we're the same way. You can always reach out to one of us. So again, I want to thank you so much. Thank you and your wife for what you're doing. Aside from podcast uh, interviews. Uh, but, uh, I really do appreciate, you know, I mean, that's money in my pocket and so you got it, brother. <laughs> doesn't get more real than that. Uh, love you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, 
give your wife my best. I'm going to put you in the green room for a second while I close this out and I'll be right back and then we'll, we'll hang up. All right. So all right. Sit tight for just a second. Appreciate it, brother. Have a good one. All right. There you have it, folks. Episode 17, God Country Coffee. What a story from Paul. Folks, I can't emphasize enough that if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out. Um, and not just in the veteran community, but in all communities. Uh, suicide is so, uh, it's, it's more of a pandemic than COVID-19, I promise you. And so please, please reach out uh, to anybody. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to people you served with. Uh, reach out to other first responders if you're a first responder. Reach out to your local uh, clergy. Reach out to anybody. Reach out to me. Reach out to Paul. Reach out to whoever. Uh, don't give up because somebody is out there willing to help you. Somebody out there is willing to, to listen to you. Somebody's out there willing to help you. All right? So until next week, um, remember, treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. God bless you. We'll see you next Friday.